Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. The bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE Master Technician Clint Ramsey brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206 206- 451-4220. Hey Bainbridge, Office Expats, the co-working space in the pavilion is a shared office for those of us who work remotely. We have fast fiber Wi-Fi and organic coffee. Keep us in mind too as a location for board meetings, depositions, or treat your team at work to an island offsite. This segment of the Bystander Podcast is brought to you by Eagle Harbor Insurance. We don't sell insurance, we help people buy it. This has always been their motto and continues. They understand every family has different insurance needs, be it coverage or premiums. No two cases are the same, and they will always do their best to guide you into the proper coverage to fit your budget. They are here to help anytime. Give them a call at 206-842-7410 or contact them online at eagleharborinsurance.com. GreatNorthernElectric.com, serving our Bainbridge and Kitsap neighbors with solutions for anything electrical in your home. 206-842-3620. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. What's cracking, Podcastville? You found the Bystander Podcast. Today I have a friend in, Shelly Lynn. How are you doing today, Shelly? Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Awesome. Um, I first met uh, Shelly way back when, and then she moved to Idaho, and now she's back, and she's going at a fever pace with yoga and a plant-based diet. Both things I'm very interested in. I'm a part-time practitioner of yoga myself. I've actually done laughing yoga, believe it or not. That I would, sounds awesome. I can't wait to do goat yoga. Yes. I've done hot yoga. I've done family yoga. Okay. And what I like about what you got going on is you have incorporated a lifestyle for your family, both um, on the yoga mat and in the kitchen, which is awesome. So, Thank you. With no further ado, Shelly Lynn and I are going to get into a conversation about those two topics. Um, there seems to be a lot of different yogas. 
Yes. And there's like eight basic major yogas, like Bikram and such. Am I saying that right? I don't. Bikram, yeah. So yoga's been around like a thousand years, right? Right. And Absolutely. It's based out of India and... What is I, I do it because I'm I'm 52 and I want to stay flexible and I want to keep playing sports. Sure. So if I want to lift my leg up over my head, I can't really do that unless I'm flexible. I also see old people whose posture kind of deteriorates and flexibility is a huge issue. So I'm not so much a guy in a gym working on weights anymore, but somebody that does banding, um, strength and stretching type exercises and yoga is probably the thing that I enjoyed doing the most. I've done it over there at Island Center, done the family yoga at Dayalu, which is a beautiful spot. Right. I love it there. It's really nice. And they have vegan food in, in the back too. Yes. I don't know if anybody knows that, but you can order your lunch out of Dayalu, out of the back door there and they have a little kitchen and they have two or three items that they offer every day. It's uh, inexpensive, very healthy food. Um, and now I'm at the Bainbridge Athletic Club. Half the yoga, I think, is what we're doing there. Okay. And uh, the yoga that I like the most is the one that's slow and, and concentrate concentrates on breathing. Okay. Then so- it, trying to get into the mindfulness, mindfulness and meditation side, too. I can't sit still. I don't like quiet. So it's pretty difficult. Absolutely. Tell me... Um, why yoga is important to you and your family? I think we are very similar in that way where when I first got into yoga, uh, it was just very appealing. I had gone to school for nutrition. I had finished school for massage therapy and I was headed down this wellness path and I always saw myself learning yoga and potentially teaching it. And if anything, bringing it all back home um, and living the healthiest lifestyle I can with my family. Hashtag Um, best life. Yes. (laughs) And so for me, the last couple of years, um, I've been in and out of yoga studios. Um, I ultimately, I ultimately like doing it with my family more than anything. We will wake up or, you know, before we go to bed, just make sure that we're doing those stretches and breathing exercises. It's a great way to start the day. It's a great way to end the day. Um, We sleep better. Um, For me, you know, the movements do mean a lot. I think that I get through the day better Uh, physically. I feel so much more active. I think that you can feel a little bit more toned also and see results faster if you're working out or if you're running. Um, If you're stretching and you're keeping the oxygen flowing into those muscles, it's so beneficial. And especially for long-term health that you're saying, you know, all of these like elderly uh, people that you're seeing. Well, back up. I didn't say anything about elderly me. No, 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 not you. (laughs) But, you know, people who are struggling at a certain age with movement. um, Yeah, I am. Incorporating just just a few moves uh, just in the morning when you're waking up. You know, I I do weird little stretches even when I'm brushing my teeth. I kind of utilize like every moment throughout the day that I'm alone that I can, you know, stretch in the shower or you know, brushing my teeth, or I even do the tree pose when I'm when I'm chopping up vegetables <laughs> in my kitchen. Um, so I'm always trying to find those moments where I can multitask and just treat my body the way I want it to be treated when I don't necessarily have the time. Yeah, I like yoga to relax. For right, sure. right. 
Like, I, I want to just stay in the downward dog for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's impressive. I can't, but okay. I want to. There's times where I've come out of a yoga session and it's just, it's beautiful. It's almost spiritual. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and I don't toss spiritual or spiritu- spirituality out there loosely, but it's the closest thing I've ever found to an alternate reality. Right. You know? Right. And then you go to your car and somebody honks their horn and your cell phone buzzes and it's all over. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> it's horrible mm. that way. Um, what are some of the major benefits from yoga and how can a beginning person start incorporating it or where do you start? So when I first started, actually, um, I was never flexible growing up. Uh, not at all. Um, I had an injury uh, to my lower back when I was younger and I don't remember ever being able to touch my toes. And so I was in school for nutrition and, uh, just getting a lot more intrigued by yoga. And so I, you know, I went on Pinterest and looked up yoga poses for beginners and found so many helpful, so many helpful photos, um, and, blogs and articles regarding, um, you know, the benefits for me as a beginner and with back injuries. And, and so I started with just, you know, every day, you know, just slowly trying to like touch my toes. I'd sit on the ground. Um, I would raise my arms up in the air and then breathe out and reach for my toes. And I want to say within 90 days, I was able to completely wrap my hands around my feet. And it was because I was consistent and it was something that meant a lot to me. And now, you know, at, I, I, th- I want to say I was 23 when I first started. And, um, and now it's just, I can do that now, even if I've, ta- if I've taken a break for a few weeks, you know, I can get back into it and I feel like I'm still flexible. Um, and that means so much to me on yeah. my, you know, my daily routines. I was thinking when you were talking there, if I did any of those little multitask habits like you, I think when the dog stretches, yes, I grab the dog's paws and do the downward dog because the dogs are always smart. When they first get up, first yes. thing they do is stretch, right? Mm-hmm. So they're already. That's a little reminder for me. So I grab my puppy's paws and I I bend over and stretch with the dog, and then get some pets and stuff like that. And then I'll try to tie my shoe standing on one leg sometimes. And then other times I will have a long stretch and put my hands underneath my feet before I tie my shoe. Yeah, that's perfect. But I can't think of anything else I would do like that. Um, So yoga, how how do you transition a child into it? Because my kid just laughs and waits for me to fart. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, I I struggle with keeping my son on, you know, the routine with me. But I really try to make sure, you know, while he's eating breakfast, um, he's sitting at the counter and, and I, you know, I just tell him, like, just take five deep breaths and raise your arms up above your head, you know, and and do it with your, with your breath. And so it just gets his blood flowing and it, and. And he actually does really enjoy it. Um, I think just making it more more of a normal thing and not mm-hmm. a laughable thing might get him to 
See, our norm- take to it. Normalcy more. is laughing. Okay, really well, that's is. perfect. <laughs> it's tough, though, because I'm trying to breathe. And he's right. Like, Why are you breathing so hard, Dad? <laughs> it's just like, shut it. He's funny. I miss him right now. We should be doing yoga with him in here. Yes. So what made you switch to a plant-based diet? And more overly, how did you get your family to do it with you? So uh, that's a good question. And we briefly talked about some of this earlier. Um, it's actually something that I'm really proud of, this story. And, uh, and it all came from my son. So... I had just finished my nutrition uh, course, and I was geeking out over the idea of taking it, you know, to anyone and everyone who was willing to listen to me and and help them live a healthier lifestyle. Um, and I remember learning a little bit more about the nutrition pyramid that like very generic pyramid that I think we all can recognize um and I I learned more about it than I think I really wanted to no doubt but that was what was structured for us in the school and And bought um, and paid for absolutely and uh and I got a certificate you know and I could teach I'd go out in the world and keep teaching this and uh but I didn't want to completely question it because it did have uh, some some really important ideas that I do hold dear still. Um, you know, buying locally and organic and, um, you know, that Whole Foods idea. So that really helped us, you know, just that knowledge and understanding. But learning this, I learned that we needed more animal-based protein or animal-based proteins in our diet. And I had always grown up more of like a fish and chicken-based diet. And so it was never something that I ate on a regular basis. You're talking about red meat. Red meat, yes. Um, uh, pork? Did you eat much pork? No, never. Uh, and so after learning all of this, I wanted to incorporate it into our diet a bit more. And so... I remember cutting up a steak for my son one night and he looked up at me and just started bawling. And I, you know, obviously I I was frustrated because I could never really get him to eat meat. I couldn't get him to eat chicken. I couldn't get him to eat fish. It's hard to get kids to eat anything, right? Right. And he, but he was supposed to be like my example of pure greatness. If I was going to be mm. a nutrition counselor, he was going to be this perfect little example. He was right? going to reap all the benefits. Yeah. So. And so if I couldn't teach him how to eat properly, then it's how over. could I teach anyone? <laughs> right. Very good point. And so it was very frustrating. But when he looked up at me and started crying, um, he told me that he loved animals and he didn't want to eat them. And it sounds funny, but nobody had ever said anything like that to me before or put it in that way. And so I, I took a step back and and I thought to myself that, you know, I don't want to be eating animals either. I love them, too. And with the knowledge that I do have, maybe we can start tra- transitioning and, and just cut out the meat and um, I had still believed at that time that, you know, dairy and eggs were very important. 
And so that was something that we always had. And until I met my partner and we started dating and he actually was, um, he was a human garbage can. He would eat anything and everything. It didn't matter where it came from. It didn't matter what it was. He'd eat it. And so when we started dating, it was really hard for both of us because at this point, it was three years into us being vegetarians, and he was the complete opposite of that. And so I think this is why I love him so much is because when he came into our life, he just really started a, like adopting our lifestyle, and he was so supportive. Um, and somehow... And the first couple of years of us dating, he went all the way and went vegan and completely won that race. Because I always knew that I was going to be, I was going to become completely vegan, but I wasn't ready. And when he actually pulled the trigger, I was so irritated. I wasn't nice to him. I, I, you know, I was still, I was still buying butter and cheese, and we were still cooking eggs, and and I would tell him like, no, I'm, I'm never going to do this. And then, I remember we were we were on a family vacation, and um, and I hadn't had I hadn't had fish in a very long time, but I really wanted to have a fish taco. I've always told my son, you know, if you have an opportunity to try something that you haven't had in a while or you haven't tried before, or you're on vacation and it's a nice treat, you know, you should do that. You should treat yourself. Um, because I like I, it, it makes you appreciate it a little bit more, right? Um, and so I was, I had my sights set on fish tacos that day. And something transpired on our way to the restaurant um, that just put everything back into perspective for me for a second. And from that moment, I've never wanted anything from an animal or animal-based since. And the fish so, taco was that bad? No, I never even had it. No? I never even had it. It's a really silly story, um, and it probably doesn't make any sense, but it was it was the perfect moment for me to, you know, it just, I lost my appetite, and I said, you know what? I don't think I can do this anymore. Uh, and we haven't had anything in the house since that, you know. So what do you think are some of the, the stumbling blocks or the roadblocks that say, okay, I can be vegetarian, but I love cheese pizza or right. I love butter on my toes. Right. You know, my son still will, when he's out or when he's with, you know, our family members, um, he'll get pizza or he'll get ice cream. And, um, and it's a nice treat for him. I think what what changed for me, it was this really weird moment. Um, it's like that aha moment, this like overwhelming awakening where you realize that so many things that you've been doing or you've been taught were just like, they were wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now after diving into the lifestyle and doing so much research and being so much more open-minded to seeing where my food is coming from and how it's being made and how, you know, our food as, as a culture is being made. Um, seeing it, you realize that it's not right. None of it's right. And so if you can cut it out, uh, it 
it's this unexpected feeling of of purpose in this weird way. And so once we really transitioned as a family, I just geeked out over this feeling of, you know, making a difference. I feel like I can make a difference in a, in a very small way with every choice that I make throughout my day. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it's, you know, deciding whether or not to put cream in my coffee or oat milk. Yeah, you brought in some oat mil- milk and some jackfruit for me. And I've always thought jackfruit is a pretty cool looking thing, but I had no idea what to do with it or what it tastes like. So I'm kind of excited about having some of, some of it. What are the health benefits of a jackfruit, Shelley? So I've researched a lot on the jackfruit, and it seems like the health benefits are endless. Um, they are an anti-inflammatory. Um, they do have a bit of protein. And if you cook it right, it tastes exactly like shredded pork or shredded chicken. Weird. It's really cool. So, Matt, So you're going to cook this for me, too? 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So, Max, my partner, uh, he loves this stuff. So, when you take it out of the can... Uh, you, you have to squeeze it and get out all the juice uh, and then fry it up in the pan a bit. And then he'll just put, you know, barbecue sauce on it and then put it on a sandwich. And he's got a barbecued chicken sandwich. Get out. That's pretty cool. Such a weird looking fruit. It is. It is. But uh, Is that from Thailand? Where, where does that grow? It is from Asia. But I'm not sure exactly where it originates. I wonder I, I how know long now, it takes to get to Safeway from, a, from right. Asia. Right. Yeah, I do know that they're uh, they're growing it in Hawaii now, though. Cool. So that's exciting. Yeah, I have some property in Hawaii, and the the sugarcane industry and the bananas left long ago. Right. So it's just like wildflowers there. That's about the and tourism. That's right. Two industries. Absolutely. There's not much topsoil either. Hey, let's talk about some of these like world problems and and science problems and marketing problems you you got kind of like the nra and politics yeah you, you have the meat industry and the dairy council absolutely and then you you have the food pyramid by the usda right you have organic you have gmo you have a lot of misinformation absolutely crossing absolutely um how does one even navigate what is truly healthy and what is not? Uh, right. Let's just start with veganism. What is the the reason why it's the, the way to go? And what are the reasons people think it's not the way to go? You know, I think you get a lot of pushback in any idea that promotes change. Um, yeah. Right. And so people are set in their ways. This is what they've been doing, you know, since they were a child. Uh, this is what we've been doing for generations. Um, and and work a lot for of me, it'll work for you. Exactly. And a lot of people don't see they don't see that it is a major issue um, and it is causing deforestation and it's causing climate change. And, um, and I, and when you think about that as a bigger picture with this lifestyle and what it means for us is that, you know, we're actively 
helping to contribute to a change and a movement to not just better our planet, uh, but ultimately better the future of our children because they have to live here too. And so with all of this information coming in to light and with all of the articles and, you know, obviously you're always going to get articles that challenge this idea, of course. And a lot of people, a lot of people with degrees and um, we have so much against the lifestyle, but when you actually live it, uh, it's pretty epic. And so when we think about, you know, teaching our kids how to how to navigate through life. Um, I've found that teaching him nutrition and making choices um, that most most kids don't really think about, teaching him those choices and the effects that he has uh, has been really, really cool because he really actually, this light bulb has kind of turned on. And When you show cause and effect. Absolutely. It's hard to argue. Absolutely. Um, he's got a little YouTube channel and he's posted a bit about climate change awareness and and veganism and um, and not just veganism, but, you know, and I don't ever want to come across as like, you know, if, if you can't do it, then, you know. You're dead to me. Yeah, I can't talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it, it, you know, the UK did a study um, just recently, and it was just in the UK alone, but they did a study that if every family in the UK uh, were to eat a plant-based meal or a plant-based day, so breakfast, lunch, and dinner was plant-based, so meatless Monday, let's say, if everyone in the UK were to do this, they could cut down emissions by 8%. Just taking one day, one meatless, day, meatless Monday. Yes, meatless Monday. Used to do that. And so you think about, you know, what if we did meatless Tuesday and Monday, and then what if we did it on Wednesday too? You know, it it has a huge effect. Um, I don't, I don't think that people realize as consumers what they're capable of. And so, you know, a lot of the time, you know, you go through life and you just you're just doing your best and and you don't, a lot of people don't think they can make a change um, because we're just one little person on the planet. But when you do take that leap um, and you do open your eyes to this big picture, you kind of look around and it is fun because you can make a difference and you become a part of this, um, this community that is so beautiful. Um, They're doing great things. And, uh, and I think that in itself has been the coolest part for me and the coolest part for my family. So we were talking Monday about this topic, you and I, and then you hit me to a movie that was coming out called The Game Changers. And I took my whole family. And what was cool about that movie is it talked about marketing, it talked about science, and it talked about athletes that had success on vegan diets and it was really cool. And some, some things really radiate. You know, I've seen forks over knives. I've seen uh, what the food. Um, I've what seen, the health? What the health, yeah. Okay. Cow conspiracy. Mm-hmm. I've seen a few of these. And everything kind of sticks with you for a while. Oh, sure. But this Game Changers was much different. It because... was a game changer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was. And uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm aware of the Dirty Dozen and, and organics and stuff like that. And Sure. I'm all about balance, I, I believe. Um, but this movie really had some points that radiated, and so much so, you know, I'm a big lover of Siggy's Icelandic yogurt. Okay. It's super good and it's thick. I don't and, know if I've ever tried it. Uh, it's like unlike any other yogurt. Okay. So I put the granola and the berries in there and stuff like that. And um, my son likes that Siggy's and this Trader Joe's yogurt. But uh, since we were always traveling, I'm always packing, doing mm-hmm. meal prep. And first thing he pulled out yesterday was the yogurt. He just threw it down in disgust. He's like, Dad, I can't eat this. And we hadn't really had a discussion that he was going f- full-blown vegan sure. or whatever. And there were still remnants in the refrigerator. You know, we thought we'd give it some type of partial shot right. after, after the movie, right? Okay. But apparently he's full-blown. Wow. And he he had been a vegetarian for a couple of years and then just recently, you know, got back to having a hamburger here and there. And it was mostly, I think, he felt a little bit outcast Absolutely. at school. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was thinking about the marketing in the movie, how professional baseball players were pitching cigarettes and tobacco right. back mm-hmm. in the day. And then Babe Ruth died um, related to cigarette smoking. Right. And then that kind of went, a, went on the wayside. And then the Joe Camel, the cartoon, advertising to kids – Marlboro being the major signs in sporting events and stuff like that. And then they made a correlation to the meat and saying, right. men eat meat, right. manly meat. And they made a, a hundred examples of how the meat industry has infiltrated our minds and the protein argument. And right. I, I think that's where vegans lose a lot of people. Right. And when it comes to mass farming and all the horrible things about that, the thing that radiated with me, myself, and I, (laughs) was most of these animals that we eat are plant-based eaters themselves. Exactly. And it takes six times the plants to get like a sixth of the protein in the animal. Right. so it's really unnecessary to to mass farm like that. And absolutely. Then it went into the dairy council and and then I found out that milk does a body good. Well, I don't understand why we wean our kids off a mom's teat to go find some foreign animal to suck on. Exactly. It blows my mind and then to find out that there's just as much calcium or the equivalent of calcium in kale. Right. I don't need milk in my in no. my diet. No. Can you speak a little bit more about um, the protein debate? So, you know, we've been we've been a, we've been vegetarians for for a long time now, and uh, and I've I've never felt deficient. And you know, for for a little while it was hard because a lot of people you know will just be like, well, where are you getting your protein? And you can't always just say spinach. We use spinach, and then. If you actually dive, that's my right. Well, if you actually dive into you know the sources for protein, it's it's endless on a plant based diet. It's truly endless. And what I loved about that movie was that it actually showed that 
vegans and vegetarians actually get a lot more, more protein. protein than a meat eater uh, because they are eating the kale and the spinach and and the mushrooms and the legumes and um, and even you know this oat milk has protein in it you know so mm-hmm. truly almost everything that I'm consuming on a daily basis has protein, protein. In it, or trace protein and it's probably what I get the most of if anything I need to like get to the gym and work it off more than anybody else mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, so that for me has been has been a little bit easier to argue now because I can you know I can easily show anyone you know this is where you can get it this is so much easier and, and truly most of the people that I talk to are are really willing to listen uh, and they are um, making little changes and so they're very open to it and and when they can see that you know you can eat oatmeal for breakfast and get more protein than you know a couple of eggs and bacon that's Why that's a you? that's a game changer and especially for your pocketbook you know that's something you said the other day too that you you write a vlog every once in a while and somebody had commented that it was it's a privileged lifestyle to be ve- vegan. That right. You buy organic and that you have to be rich and and or have, you know, the ability to homestead, grow your own food and stuff sure. like that. And that's a luxury that majority of people just don't have. No. And we don't we don't all have the time. And so my response to that was was that, you know, it's not a luxury and it's definitely not more expensive it's the knowledge behind it for me that puts me you know in a different in a different place i guess you'd say um but truly if you're looking at the expenses and you're looking at uh the luxury behind it historically people didn't eat meat like this historically meat was actually the privilege yeah, um, the Roman gladiators. You know? Exactly. They were plant-based yeah, warriors. Exactly. They recently found the, some bones and started doing the DNA analysis, and there was very, very little evidence that they ate meat. Right. That was so cool. I love that they touched on that also. And and truly, that that is what we ate, you know, way back when. It was, we were gatherers and foragers, and every once in a while, if we got to eat meat, that was... That was the luxury right there, right? Um, And so our culture has completely shifted in this totally different direction. Um, But when I first started, you know, cutting the meat and cutting some of the dairy from my cart at the grocery store, I was saving so much money, Mm -hmm. so much money. And I was feeling better, and I wasn't I wasn't prepping my food the same way anymore either. So it was actually saving me time. You know, if you if you want to dive into it and you take the time, it's not as hard as everyone thinks. And so when this woman approached me with the thought that it was a luxury and it was more expensive, and I told her, you know, my son gets peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in his lunches for school. You know, it's. I, it doesn't make me different, really. It just I just cut a couple things out, and and she, you know, she asked me what I'm eating on a on a regular basis, and I said, you know, the other day I made 
I made veggie fajitas, um, whereas, you know, most people would put like chicken or steak in it. I had a 50 cent can of black beans and that saved me money right there. You know, it didn't change the recipe, except I used black beans instead of Yeah, that grilled peppers and onions instead of the meat. And so, you know, I also, she... She went. She went at it for for a little bit and so, troll. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I actually went into, you know, my life when Skylar and I were just a, on our own, uh, my son and I. So we were alone for a, for a big portion of the first few years of his life, and uh, and that was during the recession. That was right at the beginning of the recession, and. I hadn't gone through a lot of schooling at that point. I was a young mom, and I didn't have a lot of support. And I remember for about six months, I was on welfare and I was on food stamps. Uh, But I always bought fruits and vegetables with it. You know, I remember not having a lot of money even when I wasn't on those those subsidies. And... I always made sure that those things were in my cart and I've always budgeted that. And so it doesn't need to be a luxury. You know, you just need to be aware and you need mm-hmm. to be open-minded to to what we're doing as as the human species to the and planet. There, there's seven eighths of the grocery store you don't have to visit. Absolutely. I don't. Because it's all processed. Right. So when we, there's, there's always, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit. Of course. Not of course. I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's better radio, though. Um, fruits. You're just packing sugar into your body. How's that any better? It's. It depends on the sugar. You eat a whole avocado and you got all this fat. Right. More than a handful of almonds, you're going to get fat. That is so scary. Uh, that That is, you know, people do say that a lot. I've... I even have a couple of people in my family. They're they're very well educated in nutrition now. And I still battle with that argument. You know, there's too much fat in avocados or or nuts. Um uh, too much. And no, there's not. I think that us as adults we might eat a little more than we need to. You know, there's no need for us to be Why doing Why are you looking at me like that? The, no. <laughs> There is no need for us to be doing, you know, the breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks in between. And so I think when people when people think about those foods, they think that, you know, they have to have this half of an avocado with breakfast, and then they have to have, like, the nuts for their snacks. And, and you know, I kind of graze throughout the day, and then I have, like, a bigger meal at the end of my day. And that's just kind of what my body likes. Uh, but... I love grabbing half an avocado and just eating it plain. Yeah. I always have. It's one of my favorite foods, apples and avocados. And it makes me feel great. It's great for for your skin. It's great it's great for so many things. Um it's a good fat to have. And so I I think there's been this disconnect. It, it's good because uh omega 3s? Yes. Omega 3 fatty acids. Uh, you know what meat has? But, this really good saturated fat. Right. And this super cool thing called cholesterol in it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you're eating if you're not having a piece of fruit. Exactly. Exactly. Well, so with the with the fat in the nuts and the avocados, 
when you think about when we eat, you know, from a plant-based diet, our bodies are actually meant to process these things a lot easier. Um, you know, everything in moderation. And so if you want to eat meat here and there, then that's great. But your body will work a lot better on a plant-based diet and your body will process these plant-based foods so much easier. You know, it's meant for that. Um, and the, the fats from the avocado are a completely different fat from an animal. And so people think of this fat as like such an ugly thing because when you're eating it from a plant or from an animal-based diet, it, it can be, you know, we see a lot of obesity in our culture and we see um, all of these health issues purely from what we're eating. And, and so when you, when you see something and you know that it has fat in it, you know, you're automatically triggered to think, well, I can't eat that. How do you even eat that? Um, it's just a matter of, you know, opening yourself up and doing some research. Mm-hmm. What you was know? Morgan? Oh, supersize it or me. Oh. Morgan Spurlock's. Do you remember, remember that? that. One? Mm-hmm. About McDonald's? Yes. Remember the scene where they were showing how the chicken nuggets were made? Yes. Oh, my gosh. So nasty. It is. It's so gnarly. Yeah. It's so gnarly. So, well, and with that, you know, the sugars from the fruit, it's very similar. You know, it's not... It's not processed and condensed down into something that... Snickers bar. Yeah, exactly. Um, You're getting it from the source. um, And your body actually really appreciates that. And and it it runs off of that. Um, Glucose spikes and stuff like that. Is that affected by fruit? No. Diabetes? Do they got to watch it? You know, there's a lot of these, these bad sugars in in too many things and people are still buying too many processed foods that and artificial you know, when you, sweeteners when you, yeah when you turn that box around you know squeeze a lemon or on that it. can around and you see you know an endless amount of ingredients, ingredients. and you can't pronounce read them some or of the pronounce words. them exactly that's a bad idea yeah you know there's just a lot of there's a lot of additives there's a lot of preservatives and a lot of that is you know it's the 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 glucose and the broken down corn corn syrup and and so i think you know people will see we still have this like battle going on you know i walk down the aisles and see so many you know cereal boxes and so many cereal bars or cookies and all this stuff that labels themselves organic but you still turn the box around and you see you know it's the same thing you can't pronounce half of it it might might be organic but what so is what? it yeah <laughs> it doesn't look like it's uh, original form whatsoever right. you know another marketing trick they're playing is putting things in green packaging you notice that yes like Rite Aid used to be blue and red white and blue and, mm-hmm. and now they're green and brown and everything inside is still the same junk right the labeling's just changed right and then you use buzzwords like non-GMO or gluten-free or sustainable farming, you know, and that's a misnomer too. You, you look at the the chicken industry, you know, everybody was up uproared about the cruelty of the chicken farms and stuff and how they just lived in their own feces right. and 
had all these disease and then they just throw them on the on the heap and stuff like that so then the cage free thing came out well that just means they had to have like a one by one yard absolutely grass square that they had to be let out in a, for an hour a day right well you know in in the united states we don't actually have laws on poultry like the humane and well-being of the poultry. There are no we have, laws we, on that. We actually have a law that you can't whistleblow on those places either. Right, Because exactly. people used to bring cameras into slaughterhouses right. and show the reality of it, that animals really fear dying. Absolutely. And it's chaos and the, just the abuse that goes on. That That alone, once you start visualizing some of this stuff, it hits home because you saw how that animal was treated and now you're trying to put it in your mouth. Exactly. And it's weird too, like... We get all up in arms in Yemen and China, how they eat the dogs and have the festival Mm -hmm. because we love dogs. But in India, they worship the cow. And we have drive-through cow munching places. Right, exactly. And, you know, and I think that that is a major disconnect as well. Uh, We aren't appreciating our food anymore. It's um, it's just... It's just for taste or it's for convenience and, um, you know, and more, more over convenience in our, you know, in our previous cultures and, you know, other cultures around the world, um, we appreciated our food and, and we appreciated, especially if our food had to die for us. Um, and so to see all of these, all of these fast food restaurants and to see, you know, just people picking up, you know, the burgers and the steaks at the supermarket. And it's just food. I had I had a friend tell me that meat was just food. It wasn't an animal. It was food. That I've heard that before. <laughs> that was so hard to hear because it in that moment, you know, it was like this is so not okay. We should at least be appreciating that life and recognizing that, you know, that burger had a life and it didn't necessarily want to die. But you are eating it and you should at least recognize that and appreciate that. That's when my people sat around the table and said grace, right? Right. Because they did have respect for the food. Exactly. And the people that worked hard to purchase the food or grow the food or gather the food. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I have a girlfriend from Idaho. We, we met up in California last week and, and we had a similar conversation and she had a lot of questions for me. And, uh, she's always been more on a plant-based diet as well, but, uh, she lives in Idaho and, uh, her partner will go out and, and he hunts at the beginning of the season. Oh, she, she has a freezer full of huckleberries. She's amazing. Uh, she will huckleberry pick all summer long and just fill her freezer. Uh, Until she sees a bear. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. She's she's pretty hardcore. Uh, but her partner, you know, at the, at the beginning of like the fall season, uh, will go out and he'll hunt and bring, you know, bring back a, a deer. Or, um, I th- I'm pretty, deer or elk, yeah, yeah. And they've they've done like a, they've done some turkey hunting. And, and she asked me, you know, my thoughts on that. And um, and I think that that I think that that's amazing. Uh I couldn't do it. Um, and that was something that, you know, when I did take the transition to be a vegetarian, I thought about, well, could I kill it myself? And if the answer was no, I probably shouldn't be eating it. 
Fair but point. My girlfriend, her family does, and uh, and it provides them food all winter long, and they do it with their own hands, and they see the process, uh, and they're so grateful that they have it for their family, and I think that that's a pretty amazing thing that they can still do as a family. Um, they can be so connected with that as human beings. Um, I had heard about some new, kind of like mad cow disease that's spreading through elk and deer, and they call it the hunting disease right now. And you cannot boil, cook, or kill, and there's no cure for this um, mad deer disease, for wow. lack of a, a better word. Uh, okay. Somebody gonna have to. Someone is going to have to fact check that on me. But um, I was listening to a person's podcast who lives off the land and homesteads and and has X amount of meat in the freezer during seasons right. and stuff. And he was talking about responsible hunting and trying to only go after um, certain species that are overpopulated as well. Sure, not just your species of choice. Absolutely, and I, I strongly agree about it. Those huge 600-pound wild boars that Absolutely. are terrorizing yep. Florida and stuff. Why do we need to pig farm and have all these methane gases and destroy soil and irrigation and stuff when we have pigs threatening communities and people are getting paid to go kill those as right. is? Why aren't we? That's a wild animal. Let's right. use that. Right. I think that's a better use. Snakes, too. I mean, if there's X amount of... And if in you need Australia, it that badly, right? You've got options, <laughs> right? And they've been moving the goats out of Washington State here too, because the biodiversity is meant for certain types of species. And once we start taking away land and deforesting areas, these animals seek out more food, and they, they move territories, mm -hmm. and that has a cause and effect Absolutely. on other biodiversity. Where are we at here? Um, Iron, you know, you mentioned spinach. Spinach has iron right. in it, but a lot of meat eaters will be, you, you won't get enough protein. I think that's absolutely 100% wrong. But iron, too. And there's a certain iron that I'm kind of learning about, which I don't know, is heme, or H-E-M-E, -E, iron. That's only a animal-based iron. Okay. And there's some debate on whether us as humans need that or not. Right. I think uh, chlorine is another one and vitamin B? B12. B12 is something right. that we need. The B12, I really liked what... Do you take supplements? Any? I don't. I so don't. I do D and B12. You know, every once in a while, if I want my hair to grow faster, I'll take a B12 vitamin. <laughs> I'll but... take the whole bottle if I can get my hair back. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, I've never felt like I needed to. There was a moment I worked at a wellness center in Texas and the chiropractor there was just, there was an entire room dedicated to supplements. Yeah. They got to sell stuff, skin products and supplements. It was, it was overwhelming and, but it was really cool. It was really cool to learn about, um, but also what I learned, you know, was a lot of it was man-made and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't coming from... Where is it sourced? Like a legitimate source. It was it was kind of freaky. Um, and so with that, you know, I 
I always try to find plant-based and, you know, organic and the best that I can find a supplement if I do want to go find a supplement. Uh, otherwise, you know, if you're, if you're looking for like fish oil, uh, chances are that fish oil is coming from a farmed fish. They don't typically come from wild caught fish. Yeah. And I like the krill oil. Okay. It has, it has more omega threes. Okay. But um, it's easier to be sourced too. But right. Don't eat farmed fish. No. That's horrible. They're in a pen, stuck around their own feces, getting fed food that's not what they usually eat. It's pretty terrible. Yeah. It's pretty terrible. And so with, you know, and with the iron and and any of those arguments, if you, if you do enough of the research, again, um, you can find that a plant-based diet or, you know, most plants have that, you know, or have what you're looking for. If you do the research, you can find what you need. Uh, and you don't have to go through that middleman. You don't have to go through the cow to get to what the cow ate, right? Right. Um, That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, because it's, it is, you know, and there's a, there is a fun fact that I will share about what they fun eat. Fun fact number one. <laughs> um, if we, if we didn't farm and we didn't feed these animals for an entire year, if that went away for a whole year, the amount of food that we create for these animals would solve world hunger three times over. Preach. Yes. So when you think about, you know, how can I make a difference? You know, I see all of these, you know, even with the Amazon rainforest, you know, so many organizations pop up and say, you know, send us your money. If you want to help, send us your money. Send us your money. Where is that going? Yeah. You know, what are you helping? Um, I think, you know, with the plant-based diet and the veganism, that is something you can do to help. You can help world hunger, ultimately. You can help climate change. You can help better your, your body, your family's bodies. You know, the opportunities as a vegan are truly endless. You just open, you just have to open yourself up to it. Yeah. And it's just kind of like saying my vote doesn't count, right? Right. Exactly. Incrementally, it, it helps. It does. And yes, we need renewable energies to change and the way we do mass farming and and take care of, you know, de- deforestation. Those are all issues that relate to climate change. But every inc- increment, I think, really helps. It really does. It really does. And I think as a parent, when you can teach that to your children, Gotta model it's a it. pretty cool thing. And, you know, sometimes if you're not egotistic, your children can actually model something that you can take up. Absolutely. Because I remember... You know, my extended family, very set in their ways, like you said. Mm-hmm. But Vincenzo is growing up with more information on a daily basis than lots of people got in a month's time. Oh, right. Back Absolutely. in the day. So he, he has science-based information to make his choice. So if I'm going to get an argument, you know, you got to eat this for your recovery or whatever, he can dispel it or agree with it sure. because he's... He's marked with knowledge. And right. It's a beautiful thing. Um, what else was cracking in that movie? I think in Game Changers, the 
the anti-inflammatory aspect was really cool. The recovery, um, the amount of professional athletes that are vegan that had success, the strongest man in the world being a vegan. Right. Um, the oldest lady that was so cool. in the Olympics. Absolutely. Like, yeah. 39 and winning, yeah. winning a gold medal. That to me, I was like, Maybe I'll go to the Olympics one day. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> I'll, maybe I'll get started now. I still got plenty of time. Maybe I should try that next. <laughs> uh, the sixty-year-old man, I thought, was very impressive too. That oh, absolutely. That just did strength and band and training. He mentions that he he's only been on a plant-based diet for ten years. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and you see what what he's doing, and and his his physique is epic. Yeah, he mentioned something vegan chocolate. What what the hell is that? Vegan chocolate. Yeah. So it, where do I get that? Dark chocolate. You just, you know, you turn it around, you, you turn it around and look at the label and, um, and you'll see if there's milk. Uh, so what, what's the replacement to milk in vegan chocolate? So, I mean, you can find vegan chocolate and most of it will be like, you know, like oat milk if they're, if they do a milk chocolate, but otherwise us vegans primarily eat dark chocolate. You introduced oat milk. Yes. You brought me some. Yes. I'm going to say oat milk is not vegan. So. Because there's all kinds of mice and rats in the in the field of oats when they chewed up the oats. Sure. And now I'm oh. drinking mice. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> no. So actually, that's not just any oat milk. That's oatly. And this is like, this is like giving like a drug addict a drug that they'll never be able to find again. So my friend Chris is like oat milk's a jam, and he had so, never tried any alternative. Oatly, you will be very lucky to find that. Uh, I was able to find two of them yesterday, and one of them I brought to you. So Max is going to kill me. But that sorry, Max. That goes off the shelves faster than anything I've ever seen, which is really get, cool. Where do you get that? I I looked online um, a while back to see you know they they on their website you can find where they sell it in your area um and target of all places why is this oat milk better than any other oat milk it tastes it tastes more like the real thing than anything i've ever tried too many words on the on the card oh i love it i think it's a really cute little card it actually it'll tell you it'll tell you a cute little story um and it's from it's from Europe. I want to say it's from. It's not from Switzerland. But you'll try it. You'll be hooked. You'll so, be looking for it. I like. I personally like hemp milk. Um, we keep almond milk unsweetened right. in the house. Um, coconut, I find to be a little too sweet, a little too fatty. Mm-hmm. And it's you, you can taste the coconut a lot more than anything yeah. else. Right? I I like coconut though. Yeah. Um, the almond industry uses know. way too much water. So almonds are the new cool superfood type mm-hmm. trendy thing to have. But I think it's detrimental, the amount of almond milk that's being produced. So I want to get away from it. Between hemp, oat, almond, rice, what are uh, what is the best alternative milk to drink and why? I think... Oat milk is fantastic. You know, you can even make it. You can make it yourself. It's so easy. You literally put oats and water 
in a container overnight and that then you like blend cereal. it up the next day. No, <laughs> you blend it up the next day and you've got oat milk. Ah. It's pretty cool. It's easy. Oats are cheap. They're always easy to find. They have a ton of health benefits and it's delicious. Yeah, I think some of when we talk about, you know, the privileged vegan lifestyle. Right. You know, beans are probably the cheapest thing. You can get huge bags of dried beans or you can get cheap cans of beans. Mm-hmm. Um, oat, you know. Oats, yeah. It, you can get pounds and pounds and pounds for pennies on the dollar. And then rice as well. Mm-hmm. What else is uh, mass bulk? that? Well, and a lot of cultures around the world, that's that's what they're living off of primarily are these things. Um and some of these cultures are living longer than any other cultures on the on the planet. You know, and so you look at, you know, the simplicity behind it. And sometimes maybe for foodies, it could be kind of boring. Um, but you can spice up a bowl of oatmeal like nobody's business. Yeah, cinnamon. It's delicious. Right yeah, exactly. You dice up a couple pieces of apple who you know who knows raisins yeah. it's an endless possibility with oats and uh, and it's so cheap and it's so good for you um and so yeah that's you know with saving money and you know the luxury lifestyle you think of uh no my son will wake up he's got oatmeal and he's got a nice peanut butter and jelly sandwich that he takes to school with him for lunch and so it's nothing you know too over the top or crazy, and it saves me money. On that point right there, though, I think that's another drawback about veganism is the taste of some things. They're just too bland for people. What are some spice tips? Oh, gosh. So I was I was cooking up um, – I was cooking up a – a vegan black bean chili the other night, and I've recently found that just a pinch of curry powder in every single thing that I make, any any sauce. I made, um, you know, a veggie soup the other night when it was raining, and and I put a little bit of curry in it and cumin, and it just completely sets it apart. I think with spices, uh, you can you can put so many different things together, and your food will taste amazing. Um, you just kind of have to be like willing to try yeah, that. I just recently you know? started trying cumin. Oh, it's cumin is good. is a beautiful spice. Uh, it's very light, mm-hmm. kind of refreshing. Mm-hmm. Had the wheat berries with chickpeas with cumin on it. Okay, and some herbs. It was pretty good. Yeah, that sounds delicious. It was yeah, I, I yeah I think that you know you can you can do a lot with just a couple of spices and if you've got an onion. You know, that you are good help. to go. Yeah. No matter of, what you're making for dinner. Bag of onions, potatoes. Mm-hmm. I tried sprouting for a while because of the um, Dr. Laura Patrick has a podcast and she talks a lot about broccoli and the benefits of deterring cancer forming sure. in the body. But when a sprout is sprouted, like sprouted bread or um your 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 sprouts that you find clover and and broccoli and stuff mm-hmm. in the supermarket that's when it's most densely nutrient stage of that plant's life right so like broccoli seeds you could buy 10 pounds for a couple bucks mm-hmm. and just wet yeah a cloth and then 2 days later you eat sprouts yeah absolutely and it was super so in, good inexpensive and then you know a bag of onions or russet potatoes are only a couple bucks absolutely and that lasts forever mm mm-hmm. mhm what what was your uh, major takeaway from the movie the, the other night? 
I think I was just so stoked to see so many, you know, athletes and, um, and, you know, the actors coming out and actually speaking about it, you know, and, and really showing what they're doing differently and showing that, you know, it can be done and it is better. And, um, you know, I really loved some of the studies that they did, um, particularly the, the study the vascular studies I liked. Yeah. The, the study where they took the firehouse guys, you know, oh, yeah. and they, you know, they, they go into explaining and, you know, I, I think that's a pretty well known thing as a firefighter that most firefighters die from heart disease, not fires. Yeah. That blew me away. That's, that's a really ugly thought. But it's because, you know, they're eating out of convenience and they don't have time to think about this stuff all the time. And um, and so they're putting they're putting 100 percent their lives on the line with that job, um, which is a beautiful thing. And but to watch them do this study with these guys, they buy them the groceries for the week. They you know, they they took their blood and their blood pressure and did all these tests beforehand put them on this plant-based diet for a week and then they just a week do it again they you know they all lost i think it the, the average was just over 6 pounds so everybody lost mm-hmm. about 100 and, points on cholesterol too yeah yep about 100 points on cholesterol dropped and you know i think that those guys were so excited about making those changes and it and it you saw their families and the reactions also um and that was that was one of my favorite parts to it. It gets you off all that those statins and drugs. And mm-hmm. that's, that reduces another cost because if we start talking about um, the world of medicine, prevention Absolutely. is the cheapest way to go. Absolutely. You know, get to the gym, put in the Absolutely. Right Getting food. to the source of your ache or your pain or you know the feeling um, before going to the pharmacy or going to the doctor and getting something prescribed um, – that's something that, you know, we're detached from also. This is, you know, we're in this like rat race where everybody is just trying to get through the day mm-hmm. and, you know, do the best they can. And who wants to question their doctor, you know, or who wants to, you know, who <laughs> wants to question like how they're like, you know, eating and surviving through their day? You know, Doctor's they don't. like a trigger word. So I think there's a huge, you know, I've, I've had massive health problems and. The the go between a, nu- a nutritionist in the hospital and the doctor, the information from medical school to a doctor right. is not translatable in any fashion. Um, I was in the supermarket. I'm not going to shout you out, but I saw you. Hell no. <laughs> With about a five pound roast of red meat, you know, and my doctor's overweight. Um, I think we're all kind of overweight. I'm not saying anything out of line here but to listen to what he's saying you know you might try this statin or that statin right and then i see him go past the vegetable aisle not pick up anything oh no (laughs) grab meat and then he's going to advise me on my health right get out of here yeah you know and then i had a bad pancreatic uh attack and was in ir for 10 days um and then I came out and I immediately wanted to meet with a nutritionist and my, stu- my bi- biochemistry of my stomach and stuff were all messed up. Right. And I wanted to fix that. And, you know, 
that's where it was like yogurt, you know, bring that in eggs, you know, you need these nutrition, you know, you need iron while you're up. So eat some meat and, you know, look back at that nutritionist and she was probably taught the wrong things by the USDA food pyramid 30 years ago and has not updated her skill set in any fashion. Absolutely. It's maddening. I think I'm very fortunate. I came from I came from a family that taught me to question things. And so yeah. it was question. easy for me to question my my learnings in nutrition. Uh and really just I had to live it and really really, really experience it for myself before I was ever able to talk about it, right? Especially as a vegetarian or a vegan. Uh you have to be an example. Um And so, you know, it's hard to think about people who can be in those roles and be telling people such detrimental advice. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Um, But for you, I think it's really cool to see, you know, all these changes that you're making and, um, and your son, you know, really going all the the way. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Super cool. I'm yeah. always proud of him. Right. Um, intermittent fasting. Do you ever do that? Because I don't eat breakfast myself. Well, so that that's kind of what, you know, I explained my daily routine is, you know, I Crazy. just, yeah, I just kind of graze. <laughs> yeah. I'll just grab a couple of things. And, um, you know, for anybody who doesn't know this, mushrooms are a great source of protein. I love cremini mushrooms, just raw. So I'll just like grab a handful of mushrooms or I'll grab like a handful of nuts or, you know, and I'll just go throughout my day. And then at the end of my day, I like to sit down and have like a decent sized meal. But that works great for me. That works great. I'm never that hungry in the morning. Um, you know, and if I am, then that's what I do. I'll just grab, you know, or an orange is a great is a great little pick me up in the morning. But I really like that idea of the fasting, especially for us adults, because, you know, it's it's one thing, you know, because when we're growing up and we're children, we do need to eat when we're hungry. We're, we're mm-hmm. growing. Um, but now we're grown and we don't need to be eating the breakfast, lunch and dinner and snacks in between. I think it's a bit gluttonous. And I think that that's what we're seeing around the globe with the, with the health issues and with obesity being a huge issue. Um, we're eating too much. We're just eating too much. And even if you don't want to cut out meat, just, Eat a little less, you know? Right. Meatless Monday. Start there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I actually watched a video earlier, and this is something that, you know, I geek out over. Um, just recently, so many, so many actors and so many, you know, people in the light are, you know, coming forward and talking about veganism and and the effects, you know, all around the globe um, that you can help prevent. Uh and so I was watching Ellen, this cute video of Ellen DeGeneres, and that's kind of what she's talking about. She's like, if you eat meat, just eat less, just eat less. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's just a great message. And she said it, she says it in, in a way that's just, you know, it's probably really well received and it's not, you don't question it. She's not a matter of fact. She's just like, you know, I heard that the world might be, you know, at risk right now if we don't cut back on meat. So maybe you should just try to eat less. I need to speak like that more often. <laughs> because I, sp- I do too. <laughs> I speak like 
everything's fact all the time. And it's not. So that's why I preface almost every conversation, but don't fact check me because I know I'm wrong. I know I have this horrible (laughs) habit of saying it's, it's definitely five o'clock. Well, pretty close to five. I think it's around five, you know, whatever (laughs) it is. Um, Oh, I wanted to circle back to, you know, when you were talking about giving to causes and, you know, like Facebook and stuff will prompt you to do this and that with your money and, there's Red Cross and there's the Clickathon on the island. Everybody's got their hand out. Right. Uh, surprisingly, not so much the homeless people. Right. Oh, <laughs> right. Back up for a quick sec. Was, uh, I was listening to this guy tell this story and he, yesterday, and he was downtown, and this homeless guy asked him for two dollars, and he asked he asked the homeless guy, "It's you, you don't you usually just ask for one dollar." You know, the standard's $1. Do you have a dollar? And then you kind of come at me at $2. And he says, yeah, Seattle's expensive. Oh, wow. The homeless guy did. Oh, no. No, you know, I actually, in California last week, uh, I was walking, I found this great vegan restaurant. Um, It was just kind of like a grab-and-go restaurant, but they had amazing little chocolate cheesecakes. uh, and, And they had great, like, black bean bowls and... Uh, and so I was coming out with my food and there's this guy sitting on the side of the road and he looks at me and he asked me to buy him a sandwich. And I've never actually had anybody do that before. Uh, so of course, you know, I go right back into the vegan restaurant and I come back out and I'm like, here's a vegan sandwich, you know? Um, but I really liked that because he, you know, that's what he needed. That was mm-hmm. what he needed. He, he wasn't asking for money. He didn't, you know, he didn't need to. He didn't need to just need to eat. Yeah. Um and Food, I love and shelter. I loved that. So I you know, I grabbed him a sandwich, a drink and and a little bar and and he appreciated it so much. And it it made me appreciate the whole the whole thing. It was great. I wanna get back to my original point here. Woody Harrelson is one of my favorite actors. And he made a documentary yeah. called Go Further. Did you happen to see that? No, I haven't. He talked about the power of less a lot. And he rode his bike to major universities in the United States, just city to city to city, to speak about consuming less. And it was a great movie. But That's he also, very cool. he also, you know, said it's moderation. Sometimes, you know, I'll Absolutely. smoke some weed and have a Snickers bar because right. <laughs> that's, that's what I need to do. But he w- visited um, all these colleges on his bicycle and started talking about when he came to Hollywood. It was in a big, long Cadillac that got like 10 miles per gallon. Mm-hmm. And he thought he was so cool. Mm-hmm. And then he started getting active in these causes. Well, he's making millions of dollars in movies. He's like, I'll give you a million dollars to this, a million dollars to that, because I believe in that cause. Mm-hmm. And he said it was like sitting around a campfire and the fire about to go out. So you throw money on it. Right. And it instantly burns and it's mm-hmm. gone. Right. So take action yourself. Which exactly radiated with me he was no longer in the cadillac he rode his bike most places and then he introduced me to vermiculture which is really cool so i take all my uh, food scraps and i have these stacked bins and the worms just change that into the richest topsoil possible and, mm-hmm. and get rid of all my food scraps and you know they keep producing more worms and more worms and more worms and it's kind of a beautiful thing. That's awesome. You That's get this very cool. Black yeah. tea as well because of all the water in the 
in the vermiculture and that's it's got a little spout and it goes in a jar and then i can water my plants with uh, oh that's beautiful i love that very nutrient dense leftover food right and it's pretty simple just get in a box put a lid on it throw your scraps in there and they could eat like a pound a week wow how cool. cool and then if you have an extra blender you can blend up all those scraps and they decompose even quicker right but uh, that's a good movie to, to check out go further with go Woody further okay Carlson. absolutely i'll watch that tonight uh no with yeah with with uh contributing you know money and it, we work really hard you know and if you don't know where that's going then i wouldn't do it personally um again us as consumers we have such a huge opportunity to make a difference no matter what you believe in you mm-hmm. know there's you name it you can make a difference do you, what how do you feel about labels cuz i want to have a plant based diet and i want to be as close to vegan as possible right. but i don't want to label myself as a vegan right I often used to refer to myself as a pescatarian because right. growing up in the pnw fishing crabbing clamming oysters mm-hmm. shrimping absolutely that was food, you know. We used it's to so fun. spend the summer on Waldron Island and just eat off the ocean. Mm-hmm. My son's favorite snack is seaweed. You know, it's my favorite restaurant is Subi, and I love sushi. Um, but I'm sure you get lots of drawback or disdain for outwardly being vegan. I is that a true statement or not? You know, I feel a little bit more alienated as a vegan and having that title. Um, but for the most part, honestly, I think that it's something that is is becoming so much more mainstream right now um, that you can proudly say that. And people seem to be a, a lot more intrigued than anything. You know, you do get a bit of backlash, but that just means that, you know, you hit a nerve, and sometimes I like to do that. Um, you know, I like Button to get. Pusher. <laughs> yeah, I like to get people to think. Sometimes, um, you know, it 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 does, and I like I like the idea of you know that that guy who you know told me that I was an idiot for for spreading this information. You know, I like to think that the next time he goes and gets a burger, he's thinking about he's you, thinking about me. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And I know he probably is. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of geek out over that. So I'm okay with that label. Well, I like how you called it a title when you first spoke, not a label. Right, right. So that title and sounds more like a badge of honor. It it honestly is. And, you know, I'm so stoked that you are making these transitions because there will come a day when, you know, your transformation will be complete and you will wake up and you will be so proud of it. It's hard not to be, you know, when I go, when I go to like a, just a normal checkup at my doctor and they, you know, do my blood pressure, you know, just blood dress. Yeah. Yeah. Just normal, you know, checkups. Um, all my levels are perfect. And every single time I can't help but say, well, I'm a vegan. Nice. You know, and it, because I'm proud of it, I'm proud of it. And I, and I do believe that that's why. I am as healthy as I am. I put a lot of love and thought into my food. Um, and that's another thing that, you know, I do like to talk about with this lifestyle, um, especially with the background in, in yoga and the spirituality that the lifestyle brings and that practice brings you. 
uh, you just you see things a little differently uh, because of it. And so when I look at my food, I want to see happiness, as weird as that sounds, right? I want to see that there was thought put into that. Um, and, and it's going to fulfill me. And when I consume it, you know, that's what my body will need, um, that energy, you know, the positive energy. And so when I think about an animal based uh, diet, and it and I think about a steak in front of me, um, I can't help but think about what kind of energy that's going to put into my body, right? You know, what kind of life did that cow live? And you put another life form in your well, one hundred percent. You know, and and did it feel pain or fear um, when it went to the slaughterhouse, right? And so if I'm consuming that, and we are what we eat, you know, it's a different way of thinking about your food, but. I think it's a very important way of thinking um, because we are what we eat. And when we put something painful into our body, our body's not going to really like that, right? You know, so it's a... Wow. Yeah. And so I like to have beautiful, colorful, happy salads or meals in front of me that come from love. That might be where the old children's cookbooks where you know ants on a log is a cute idea right right uh, uh bananas on your pancake you make yeah. a smiling face yeah you're subliminally telling the kids that these vegetables and these healthy things are good for absolutely. you absolutely it's like fun in disguise yeah exactly well i think i'm gonna take the title of flexitarian vegan <laughs> vegan leaning okay um and i'm gonna keep in touch with you yes i'm gonna still um, spam you with all my food photos. And, I love it. Um, maybe we get a contest going here later at the year. Um, instead of Fat Fall, we'll go um, some new contest that we'll put together. Yeah. Give I'll that, think of something. Give that some I'll thought. think of a good hashtag. Um, Shelly Lynn, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you for coming in and sharing your knowledge with the people. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Bystander Podcast. We're going to listen to a little Ralph Rain taking us out. Everybody be kind. Yep, it's Ralph Rain. For your, for your brain. Ralph Rain. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay, okay. Ralph Rain. Probably wanted to hurl me shame at their fake eyes like eight eyes. They spank me as I scream. But it's wake me from this dream. But the lights here barely gleam. And the night you hear the scream. And the government fighting dreams. No war for peace. No war for me. Craziest ladies who watch their babies of iodine. Should I am fine? Like the print on a prenup. Though a fit my life consists of reading the papers with feet up. Man, but I ain't tripping. He's
Stepping in shit for my neighbor's three pups Hey, watch the flower, but on the ancient you shall freed up And your anguish will just freeze up It's on the papers, but it's pre-stuffed in your brain Forget the name, forget the fame Faking as money's exchange. I think it's amazing how money can change Will you feel in your heart if you let it and regret it? You're in debt with yourself Shit, man, not even I can measure myself Music is everything, we stuck in the measure of self But... By government, like shirts to a belt, shit, I be hovering so the earth could just melt. I'm drunk off love, it spills on my shirt as I belch. Stacked in bottles on a never ending shelf, stacks and models. I won't lie, I got no money, but my gold is in mine, and you can't ever take it from me unless I give it. But you niggas never listen, just stay a puzzle, and I know that piece is missing. And stay a huddle, and it's at least forfeit inches, so I never forfeit inches, as in giving up. These magazines, they listen up about these fake ass rappers who just live it up and never helping their people. All there is to me, help is of evil, I never could relate. Silver spoons and ivory plate The silver zooms just as reality shakes How will you eat what's given on reality's plates? I see bliss, no matter how reality tastes These feet miss, thinking that they carry they weight I change fate on how my mind gets carried away Time is carried by fate In the ocean regrets are carried by weights What's behind me as I'm floating at the perfect pace Then I'm moving now I know I'm in a perfect state Even if I tomorrow in the dirt I lay Selfless I know the shirts will say Help the hopeless and know this I never search for praise, search for Days where we all will see that the earth will change. Seen a homeless man, and he said he only searched for change. I said we well, ain't so different, and it really hurt to say.